0: Failure is an option. I understand why failure is not an option as part of the mindset of a NASA space team, why it makes a great tagline for the movie about the Apollo 13 mission, but failure is actually an option. You may have noticed that failure And the flailing feeling that comes with it is part of the story. I'd even go so far as to say that, despite our bright, shiny faces here, that failure is part of the story of every single person in this room. And it's not just us at Calvary. Failure is not only an option, it's a given. I tend to think that when things break, or go awry, or collapse, that I've done something wrong. Sometimes I have. When plans shatter, or even when people shatter, I want to argue that this is not the way life should be. Maybe you do, too. We tend to think that decay and disarray means something is amiss and that even death is something to be denied. I have some ideas about where this tendency comes from, but the main thing to realize is that it doesn't come from Jesus. Jesus began to teach his disciples that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected and be killed. And after three days' rise again, he said all this quite openly. Interesting that here he began to teach them, suggesting that maybe it took a while for the disciples to understand that triumph wasn't the whole picture. Peter famously rebukes Jesus, and Jesus tells Peter, essentially, that his ideas about perpetual growth and upward trajectories and even uninterrupted happiness come from Satan and from humanity's wishful thinking. And it's not just Jesus who must undergo great suffering and rejection and death. If we want to follow Jesus, you and I have to relinquish that same wishful thinking of constant success and optimization and winning and pick up our crosses and hold on to other broken things, we have to lose and lose and lose. Before we go any further, I need to make something abundantly clear. I've said this before, but it's important to me. I do not believe that God causes all this distress and hardship. You may feel differently, but I do not subscribe to the idea that God pokes and prods, sending calamities of a personal or global scale to punish us or to make us stronger. I believe that failure and loss and other tragedies are part of a finite, limited world. And that instead of saying that God does this to us, I hold on to the idea that God comes into this finite, limited world to be with us when these small and large disasters unfold. So when Jesus enters the scene and starts talking about losing everything, I hear him saying quite openly, that a broken world needs a story about breaking. The true story that Jesus began to teach his disciples and that we are still trying to learn is that there's no way to dodge pain. What it means to be a Christian in at least one sense is to live with eyes wide open about our hurts and the world's hurts, and to respond with as much compassion and solidarity as we can muster, trudging alongside folks, all of us carrying our broken pieces. When we think about it with some clarity, we know that perpetual health and endless growth growth can't be normative as much as we might wish it so. Yet in our overconfidence, in our human ways, we still focus on success as if failure were not an option. And our attention, our clinging to progress, bulldozes over the reality of vulnerability and suffering. And when this happens, It means that a lot of people who screw up or get sick or just stub their toes or those who are trapped in generational poverty or caught between borders or who will just plain not get a happy ending in this realm, which is to say just about all of us at some point are all made to feel in that moment invisible at best and blamed and shamed at worst. The message from Jesus somehow got convoluted, like in a bad game of telephone, and at the end of the line, we heard that if you're losing at life, and you're doing it wrong, and oh, God must also be lost to you too. How did we get there? When Over and over again, the stories of Scripture suggest that God is found in uncertainty, found in danger, found in suffering. And as Jesus pointedly and quite openly proclaims, it is precisely to the place where human wisdom perceives God's absence, on a lonely hill and in pain, that he's heading. If you and I are hell-bent on pretending that everything is always fine and that we have no ugly insides, then we're going to miss the whole point of what's about to happen. So it begs the question, is the Jesus story a success story? In part, yes, we know that death does not get the final word. Yet if we only tell that part of the story, we aren't telling the whole story and we aren't telling the whole truth. Losing and hurting and even dying are part of the story. Maybe the message got convoluted along the way because it doesn't sound much like good news. (laughs) Maybe over the centuries, the original message of the prophets and of Christ got garbled, even on purpose, to make it more palatable, marketable. On the surface, it doesn't sound like glad tidings to say that loss and rejection and crises are built in. But when we've been humbled by failure, When we're sitting at the bottom of a pit, it is actually the best news of all to know that Jesus is climbing down to hang out with us while we're there. And he does that because he's familiar with the way down. He's not pretending that failure isn't part of life around here. I've been reading and rereading and thus quoting Madeleine Lingle a good bit lately. She tells stories for kids and for grown-ups about how hard it can all be, how confusion and separation and difficult journeys are real and true. In her nonfiction, she lays it out without the gloss of plot or magic. I will have nothing to do with a God who cares only occasionally. I need a God who is with us always, everywhere, in the deepest depths, as well as the highest heights. It is when things go wrong, when good things do not happen, when our prayers seem to have been lost, that God is the most present. When things go wrong, not if. When good things do not happen for us, when our prayers seem to have been lost, when we lose and flail and fail, a broken world needs a story about breaking. There are crosses to carry, not trophies. Following Jesus doesn't lead to prosperity and triumph. We're not supposed to gain the world. We're not meant to win it all. So if you've ever wondered if you're the only one who feels lost and afraid, or if you've been told that faithful people are somehow exempt from feeling lost and afraid, so you must not be all that faithful, Or maybe you've even been led to believe that God got you lost and sent you reasons to be afraid in order to prove something. Jesus is here to teach you and me and the disciples and really anyone who will listen that we've got it all wrong again. We are setting our minds on human things, human wishful thinking, not divine things, the divine understanding that this world is breaking and that God is unfailingly present in the breaking. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates, or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of Second and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.